we need to leave. I was talking to one of my close friends in Quadi Bouquet. It was early May 2022. For the last week, a gang war had been raging in the previously calm neighborhoods of western Quadi Bouquet. The most feared gang, Mao Zhou, had been attempting to take this area for seven days now. An alliance of police and downtown Port-au-Prince gangs had flooded the area to try to protect the current gang leader, Shen Meishan, to prevent the zone from falling into Mao Zhou hands. Streets were blockaded. Another friend, a 14-year-old that was living in the area, had been calling me every night to tell me how afraid he was. He could hear the automatic gunfire in the background of the calls. Finally, despite the danger, my friend left the area. He and his family walked the few miles north, being searched at three different blockades by gang members guarding the zone. They joined thousands of others fleeing their houses in a great sea of humanity, leaving only with what they could carry on their backs. Truck taxis met the masses at the edge of the violent area, charging small fees to bring the fleeing families to the safety of the north of the country. The 14-year-old fled the zone shortly thereafter, taking refuge in the countryside. In the past two episodes, we've gone over the situation in central and southern Port-au-Prince. These two battlegrounds can be summarized grossly by portraying it as an alliance of pro-government gangs, known as G9, and led by a man named Barbecue, facing off against a broad collection of rivals across the slums of Matisson, Cité Soleil, and everything in between. In contrast, in Quadi Bouquet, there is one word that summarizes the crisis, Maozo. This gang, widely regarded as the most vicious in the country, has managed to garner control of a massive amount of territory. And for the last year, they've fought an on-again, off-again battle with the only other significant gangster in Quadi Bouquet, Shin Meishan. Before we get to that battle, let's tell some of the backstory. To fully understand, let's first discuss the geography and importance of Quadi Bouquet. Once we have that down, Let's talk about the birth of the Mao Zhou and the creation of the Shen Meishan gang. Then, with all the parts laid out, we can discuss the current crisis. Quadi Bouquet is a city that lies eight miles directly to the north of Port-au-Prince, the capital. It is separated from the city by a dirty, winding river, appropriately called the Grey River. Let me confuse you for a moment. Quadi Bouquet is a city, a commune, and an arrondissement. This is the old French system. It's almost as if you had the city of New York, the county of New York, and the state of New York. You don't need to know the system, but just know that people mention Quadi Bouquet without really commenting on what they're talking about. And another word for Quadi Bouquet is La Plaine de Cul-de-Sac, or simply La Plaine. This is the long, flat valley that goes from the sea all the way to the Dominican Republic. Just in case you talk to someone, People will offhand refer to La Plaine, Quadi Bouquet, etc., and all of this means that broad, flat area across the river north of Port-au-Prince. Now, Quadi Bouquet is an old city. Even in the Haitian Revolution, there was a famous battle where the former slaves and their colored allies beat back the French here. Up until the 2000s, even, Quadi Bouquet was a separate city from the capital. The river formed a nice barrier. But then, in 2010, everything changed. When the massive earthquake hit Port-au-Prince, it took the high-density city and scattered its citizens. They built homes all throughout the surrounding areas, flooding Quadi Bouquet, turning it from a sleepy farm town into a bustling suburb of 280,000 people. Now, driving from Port-au-Prince to Quadi Bouquet, you would think it's all one confluent city. There appears to be no difference. 
Quadi Bouquet is important for a few reasons. First, to exit Port-au-Prince, you can either go south or north. The south is blocked by the disaster of Matissan, as we talked about in the last episode. On the other side, to the north, you must first go through Quadi Bouquet before going one of three directions. You can leave Quadi Bouquet and take the coast road to go north to St. Mark. Or you can go directly north over Goat Mountain to the important inland city of Mirabale. Or you can go east on the primary access to the Dominican Republic. But for any of these, you have to go through Quadi Bouquet. Even aside from this geographic significance, the city is the birthplace of Wyclef Jean of the Fugees, the home of Haiti's massive Canadian-built civil prison, and the center of Haiti's iron-making district. Back before the earthquake, Quadi Bouquet was very peaceful. Unlike the slums of Matisson and Cité Soleil, Quadi Bouquet does not have a long history of gang warfare. But after the earthquake, a small gang started to develop in the farmlands and mountains near the Dominican border, formed around their leader, Yon Yon. There are only a few gangsters to keep track of in this episode, but he's one of them. At that time, it was called the 70 Maozo. Now, a Maozo in Creole basically just means a country boy, unskilled with women or society. I always translate it as an ungentlemanly man. And these gangsters were different from the classic members of the downtown gangs. They really came from the country. They started out with little robberies, eventually getting enough weapons to be able to perform kidnappings for ransom. They were nicely positioned along the main road to the Dominican Republic, so there were always targets available. In 2014, their leader, Yan Yan, was arrested and put in prison. Calm came back to the area for a few years. But then, in 2016, the gang was reformed, this time renamed as the 400 Maozo, or Quatre Maozo in French. But Yan Yan was in prison, you say? Well, Yan Yan wasn't exactly living the hard prison life. There are some nice pictures of him celebrating his birthday, and he had access to cell phones and cash to continue to manage the group. At the same time, another man became the public face of the Maozo. He was known as La Mausanjou or death without days, a seemingly nonsensical moniker that seems to mean that death can come at any time. He and Yan Yan developed a working relationship whose nature is frankly difficult to fully pin down. And this is when Maozo really blew up. They started hijacking cars heading to the Dominican Republic, hiding in the papaya groves and popping out with guns, briefly earning them the nickname the Papaya Gang. Crucially, they started to move from the farmlands and the mountains and started to encroach on downtown Quadibouquet. This allowed them to demand that businesses start to pay them monthly extortion money. They were even able to set up a parallel judicial system to judge the citizens of their territory. They kidnapped 17 Americans in 2021 and held them for nine weeks. They started to become the leader of all kidnapping in Haiti. By the end of 2021, they held all the routes out of Quadibouquet except the Coast Road. Violence in early 2022 was so fierce that the Haitian government finally negotiated with the gang, paying an undisclosed sum to give the population a short reprieve. Shin Meishan, on the other hand, is a gangster who operates in the west part of Quadibouquet, holding the road that goes north from Port-au-Prince along the coast. This road leads to the fertile Artibonite region of the country, where much of the country's food is grown. Shin Meishan is translated as evil dog from the Creole. He initially started his career as a robber, holding up businesses and cars that pass near his house at the point where the road crosses the Gray River. Unfortunately for him, he was arrested in 2016, 
but he only spent about a year locked up. When he was released, he returned to his zone and rebuilt his group. He holds a lot of popularity because he does not attack the people that are in the territory that he controls. His father handles the money. Businesses are required to pay him, but most seem fine with this because it provides a level of security to the area. Roughly, to bring a container through the zone, businesses are required to pay about $750 each time. Small sellers must pay about $0.50 per transaction, and TapTap public transportation must pay the equivalent of one passenger fare per trip. All throughout Port-au-Prince, you'll see these people collecting the money on the street from TapTaps. But, and I have to reiterate this, in the incredibly chaotic state of Port-au-Prince, people are fairly pro-Chin-Méchant. In his zone, schools operate without issue, and businesses can stay open. Now, of course, he's a violent person. It's he who determines justice in the area. If you're caught as a robber in the zone, you're not brought before the police, you're usually brought before Shen and shot or burned to death. But there's a measure of stability. In 2020, he attacked a rival gang nearby and took over that zone. Many of these ousted gang leaders then went and joined the Maozo. That same year, Shen joined the G9, the alliance of Port-au-Prince gangs run by Barbecue. And now we come to the current troubles. Shin holds the only route out of Kwadibuke. Everything else is now blocked. Yes, you have to pay a tax to go through, but you're not afraid of being kidnapped or robbed. The stability is crucial. But Maozo wanted this territory. In April, Maozo launched a vicious attack on that little zone that Shin Meishan had taken in 2020. They wanted to reinstitute those gang leaders who had been there before and put them under the command of Maozo. This would effectively give Maozo control of all routes to the north and the entire La Plaine area. The attack commenced rapidly in many different areas on April 24, 2022. As the Maozo entered the zones, they enacted terrible atrocities. They broke into a hotel near the Grey River and murdered 17 women, throwing their bodies in latrines and wells. In another neighborhood, they killed at least 47 people leaving the bodies out in the streets until the people could bury them in mass graves days later. In other neighborhoods, they knocked on people's doors, pretending to be the police, and then murdering them when they opened their gates. The battle raged for weeks. Thousands of people fled their homes as automatic gunfire pierced the air day and night. Shin was beaten back and called for reinforcements from the police and G9. The police are not necessarily pro-gangsters, but they will ally with the least bad gang against the most dangerous ones. They came to the aid of Shen with tanks and armored personnel carriers. A few days into the fight, the police escorted Barbecue and his allies from the Port-au-Prince area in armored personnel carriers into the streets of Kwadibouquet in an all-out attempt to beat back the Maozo. The battle is still somewhat active, but it seems that the anti-Maozo alliance has managed to repulse the attack and keep the road open. In the midst of this, the news rang out that Yan Yan had been extradited to the United States. Pictures circulated on social media of him in a white jumpsuit being led to a plane by FBI officials. What effect will this have? That's yet to be seen. At the very least, he will now be a non-player. In a U.S. maximum security prison, he will be completely cut off from any control of his group. Lamo Sanju, remember, he's the guy that's the public face of this gang, Seems like the heir apparent, given that he already handled the day-to-day operations. But we have yet to see if he will be able to hold together power. And even if Maozo splits up, there's no guarantee that this will be a good thing. 
multiple rivals for power might provoke a bloody war. Quadibouquet, that once sleepy town, has become a magnet for gang violence in the past few years. Maozo has become a name that strikes fear in the hearts of every Haitian. And there is now only one way out of Port-au-Prince that is not governed by chaos. And the war for it is not over. As we close out this series, it's worth zooming in from the wide view of troop movements down to the average person. The man who used to sell me cell phone minutes that was shot in the stomach by a stray bullet. The child who wants to go to school but has panic attacks thinking about the terrifying walk down the street. The grandmother who's had to flee the home of her youth, losing everything. The mother and father who cannot stand the terrible trauma that their children are experiencing. And this all happens because the Haitian state is unable to protect them. They are the lonely, abandoned captains of their own fate. 